Welcome to the Skillshop Pincast, episode 46. I'm Graham. I'm Kayla. And here we are, uh, top of March, actually. And this will come out like tomorrow or something, so it'll still be the yeah, top whenever. of March if you're on top of it, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay, first of all, exciting news, because we've done some like pingery podcasts lately. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I've told you this, Kayla, because you haven't seen this, Mm-mm. but uh, as of yesterday morning, no, sorry, it's been two days now, as of Monday morning, I can take this this walking boot off and no walk around way. like a regular human being sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes. So when you two leave later tonight, I'm going to take this off and put slippers on and like kind of hobble around oh that gosh. way instead. Nice. It's really exciting. That's only two months later. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I'm really stoked. Um, so that's fun. So thanks for bearing. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited listeners. for you. Yeah. Thank you very bye, much. Bye, boot. Later. Bye, boot. Bye. Um, yeah, the idea is within two weeks, I will have boot-free days entirely. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. That's These dependent on... These boots are made for sitting on the ground. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's right. These boots are made for sitting in the back of the closet. Yeah. And that's just what Wherever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that animation on your garage band here. It's kind of fascinating. Which one? Oh, right like, there. do I never have the uh, screen no. pointing towards you? Uh-uh. Okay, so as we mentioned before, um, only one episode back... Actually, we're in Skillshot uh, 3.1, 3.B, whatever yeah. you want to call it, <laughs> um, the fourth version of our studio. Um, so Kayla is, uh, at this point, able to see the the computer screen with the sound waves in, spoiler alert, GarageBand. Because Graham's uh, a Mac user. That's right. I'm a Mac user, and I'm also a lazy Mac user. But it works, because we're just recording a few, mm-hmm. uh, you know, vocal. But Ed Robertson picked that up when he was on the show. He's like, oh, that metronome sound? You're using oh, yeah. GarageBand, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, because I was doing uh, some real, real uh, amateur hour stuff and letting... <laughs> well, you know, okay, fun fact. The reason why we even had a metronome... The reason why we even had a metronome when we were uh, recording with Ed Robertson was because I was using my ex-girlfriend's laptop that I had never once Uh recorded on before, so I had never turned off the metronome for GarageBand. Gotcha. Otherwise, we don't mess with that. Mm -hmm. Never once. Graham's professionals. We are (laughs) semi-professionals. Anyway, so here we are, top of March. I'm starting to walk around like a real human being. Um... We had an episode a couple months back about pinball stats, or really pinball data, I want to say, and we'll get into that later, (laughs) Um, that was well-received, and uh, we've got a a friend here that we're going to uh, kind of, we're going to take that ball and run with it in some ways, and and reach new territory. So, the the elephant in our room is Michael Adcock here. Hi, Michael. (laughs) Hey, Kayla. We kind of referred to you, but then didn't introduce you. So. Yes. It's all good. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the way we do things. I didn't want to interrupt your banter. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's so witty. <laughs> um, Michael, how long have you been playing pinball in Seattle now? What, three years? Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Cool. Uh, at least in tournaments and things. I was mm-hmm. goofing around with it a little bit before. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, how did, you, how did you get the pinball bug in the first place? When, what was your first, you know, pinball Cupid Zero that struck you? It was Adaball. Was it Adaball? Um, and it was their first uh, anniversary uh, tournament thing. Oh, wow. The one-year anniversary tournament at Adaball. Awesome. Uh, because it was a mixture of arcade games and uh, so video games and pinball. Oh, cool. I played one of those at John John's one year. Okay. Yeah, and so that was a distinct advantage for me because I was just getting into pinball, so I wasn't very good at that. Mm-hmm. But I'd been playing video games for years. Yeah. So, um, Excellent. The pinball folks were befuddled. 
when <laughs> games came up. And yeah. <laughs> sure. See, yeah. That and that kind of helped me out a little bit. So <laughs> that was totally me at John John's because I had to play like NBA, the stand up arcade game for you know, four players. Oh, and yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know how to be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't know how to be on fire on yeah. that either. <laughs> but when it came to like playing Family Guy or whatever, like any pinball game, I just crushed. Mm. And I got to second place, which is, you know, first winner. No, no, first loser. I don't. Yeah, there we go. I know. I just want to it to my advantage. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so, so from that, did you decide? Well, this pinball stuff's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was also close to where I worked at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, it was in within walking distance. Oh, you worked of... at Theo Chocolates. <laughs> no, no, I wish. <laughs> no, the other direction. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, cereal solutions are uh, eventually. Still has to do with food. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> So in that tournament, too, I, I remember uh, I played Circus Voltaire with Hannah okay. and Holmberg. Yeah, wow. and Adaball. I don't remember. And that was the first either. time I'd played Circus Voltaire, mm. like, mm. ever, because it was brand new yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Not in and, many places uh, around it. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. I ended up winning that game. I don't know how. Really? I didn't know who oh. Hannah was at the time, but... <laughs> That's always exciting. I mean, you know, when when you're kind of a novice, like walking into that sort of situation, there are two things that are really exciting, in my opinion. One, you're seeing things happen that you've never seen before, especially if you weren't playing pinball regularly. Like you're, you probably were recognizing, like, oh, there are ways to control this contraption that didn't mm-hmm. even occur to me. I was only just getting there, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and two, though, to beat somebody who clearly has a better grasp of that. Um, that feels nice. Yeah. And you want to chase that feeling, too. Oh, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. And you have no fear when you don't know that person either. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a regular, yeah. like, social anxiety or just regular, like, pressure fear, you know. But you have... What I try to tell people, especially on my team, when they're like, well, I, I've never played that game, so I don't know how, how well I'd, I'll do. I'm like, you also don't have any negative experiences on it. So right. maybe you don't have any positive ones to go mm-hmm. back and go, yeah, I can do this. But you're also not like, oh, yeah, I, I really embarrassed myself the last time I played that. So you're fresh. Well, it's less about expectations and more about the joy of figuring it out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. right. you're just kind of in the moment playing it and things happen. Absolutely. Yeah, the discovery don't. process. There. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So did you go back to pinball right away or did you kind of like go? Hmm, I'm think about this. Well, if you worked right down the, uh, the yeah, way, I, yeah. I went to Attaball after work quite a bit. Awesome. Uh, and then I, I don't remember how I found out about weekly tournaments at different places. I mean, I found out about the Attaball one mm-hmm. fairly early on, but even then, it was big and kind of scary and that sort of thing. Oh, I mean, sure. for somebody just getting into it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then somehow or other, I ended up at Ape It. Um, well, I, I think it was just because I liked the vibe. Mm-hmm. I liked how it was more an arcade with a bar. Than uh-huh. a bar with an arcade yeah sure um and they had the video games and stuff too so it was it was a safer way to get into pinball for me mm-hmm. um a bit of a distance but still it was worth it absolutely and then i got recruited onto the specials by eric and uh, dave david uh Rashenberg. so yeah they were just going around finding anybody that was playing pinball and having yeah. fun at 8-bit and you know badgering them over and over again <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> until, until they decided that. to join the specials but i'm glad i did and i think everybody else is too so yeah. that's, that's <laughs> that awesome they, that they joined <laughs> mm-hmm. wouldn't take maybe for an answer <laughs> no pretty much <laughs> i really like that that visual too of them just like kind of hanging back like chewing on a toothpick yeah. <laughs> this kid's got some gumption <laughs> I think it was more warm bodies at the time. <laughs> okay. and, he, 
anyone <laughs> show up on the regular. All right, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. We can you teach know, them to be like us. Yeah. Just to uh, make one more shout out to um, Metronome episode oh, with, sure. with Ed Robertson. I think that was actually the first time I'd ever been to 8-Bit was when we, were, oh, no we recorded oh, that episode that's at 8-Bit right. yeah, Arcade. We had an inaugural skill shop field trip, but I don't think you were able to go. No, I was not it in was attendance. Graham... Brad or no Gordon Brad and myself and I feel like maybe Andrew was with us but maybe not. no nosebleed was with us I think that makes more I sense. remember looking at the receipt at the end of the night it was like 14 Rainiers and, and one... like six whiskeys or something no just just Rainiers and like a pizza I think yeah oh <laughs> nosebleed not drinking maybe he wasn't there maybe yeah. I'm just making that up maybe, maybe so because he's us. not a beer drinker no he's not spoiler alert why, why would I say spoiler alert? There's yeah. not like you're going to go see a movie about uh, <laughs> Jeff Larson and his alcohol habits. Yeah, right. Um, yes. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Jeff does not drink. No, only uh, Beer. Yes. Yeah. He's a whiskey man. Anyway, yes. Um, well, that's that's lovely. Yeah. Um, you should go back to the 8-Bit soon because it's the same but better. I guess. Yeah. I've, so I've gathered. So I've heard. Um, so you, how long have you been playing on the specials then, Michael? So... This is our sixth season. And you've been on from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't exist in season one of the Monday Night Pinball League. Okay. Uh, but seasons two through seven, which we're currently in, uh, we've been around. So. Yeah. And so, we... so it's the special, his sixth season of a seven season thing. Sure. Right. Got it. And so, so what? We're three weeks into yeah. this yeah. season. How's it going, guys? Like, I'm not a part of this. Every once in a while, <laughs> I'll get someone like uh, Heather will like send me a message, or somebody else will send me mm-hmm. a message saying we need a we need a substitute. And I'm, I always have band practice You're on the tenth man. Yeah, on a Monday night, on a so I, I never make mm-hmm. it. But uh, which is why um, I never ask you. Yes, I, so so I'm an outsider. Basically, I get most of my Monday night pinball information when we're recording podcasts. Mm-hmm. But uh, three weeks in, seventh season, how's it going so far? So um, far, undefeated for the specials. I was going to say, and also for the penguins. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, both undefeated teams. No, no, no. Um, well, for well, a bit, yeah. both the oh, teams are undefeated. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to go first because our our data is not as great. It's not as it's not as bad as I'm making it sound either, though. Um, our first week was a tiebreaker round. So oh, that's right. I remember hearing about yeah, that. We had we recorded our last episode. Yeah. So we won that. So we had 51 points after that match, and then last week we lost by 10. Uh, week two we lost by 10 points and week three we lost by 10 points mm. so we're still like winning by a, a decent margin um we also had an issue on week two where this sub that i cold cold called from a facebook group decided after the first round that they were hungry and needed to leave Ooh. so i'm not in the i'm not don't feel it's necessary to name names or shame anyone for it but they definitely did ask us to both buy them drinks and pay for their games as well Yeesh. and i'm not really in the you know market of hiring subs <laughs> so um in case you were p- planning on subbing for the pin pals like you're not going to get anything except for high fives yeah do it for love of the fun. game yeah come on because i thought that was the understanding for anyone that sub for game mm. for matches that it was just fun camaraderie and competition because i certainly don't expect anyone on my team to pay for my stuff so well, they, so he left after the first round and we had to uh, make a ruling to, you know, we went, um, both captain, all the captains like talked about it and agreed on the solution. We, I called the commissioners and there's a rule on there that's like, if you 
um, need, need a ruling and no one gets back to you in 10 minutes. It's, you know, bar rules, basically, like mm. whatever you agree on. Okay. So I waited the 10 minutes and Seems reasonable. we got a proxy sub. So this guy okay. that was just hanging out at the bar, like, hey, can you be so-and-so for the next two rounds? Because you, you need to play three rounds minimum. Sure. And he scored us no points in the matches, which is fine, but he helped us with bonus points by being a full roster. Word. So. Okay. So while we've lost two games, it's um, 45 and 45, we're still, I mean, we won game one with 51 points. We're still holding on. You know, our our point aggregate or our point uh, accumulation is good. Okay. And the season's still young, too. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of, that mm-hmm. sets you up to have a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, a now side note about subs. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Quick. Go ahead, please. <laughs> For the specials, it's kind of different because... We've been around long enough that we've lost a few players sure. over time just because it's hard to commit to every Monday night, you know, with if you have to go somewhere in the morning on Tuesday to work and that sort of thing. It, it gets kind of hairy uh, and just the practice and stuff involved the rest of the week. So for us, bringing subs on is more like an alumni get together kind of thing because oh, yeah, yeah. all our subs are former specials, you know, and so they get excited yeah. to play to get the chance to play. We get excited to play with them again. So. I don't know. It works out. It's kind of nice. That is nice. That wow. That's that's good to have a reservoir of uh, of alumni there. Yeah, yeah, and actually, we we tapped into that this past week because uh, we played at the Narwhal and we had three subs after having a uh, full roster the first two weeks. Oh wow! <laughs> we actually needed three people, so. and all and all three of them were former uh, yes. members. Wow, that yeah. that's awesome. And and it clearly worked out because you said you're undefeated so far. Yeah, it was close, but uh, <laughs> but we we pulled out the win just barely. That's awesome. <laughs> Very exciting. So I assume you're high on your prospects, and also we're about to talk further about the analytics there. Yeah. <laughs> that was my poor man's uh, version of a segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else on my sleeve. No, Let's just fine. dive right into it. Yeah. Michael's got a – you do not want to be called a statistician. So, yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, yeah. offline or whatever, off mic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you, you feel like that's a bit of a misnomer then, the way people use that word? Uh, for me personally, it, it seems like it because uh, to me, statistics is more about the raw numbers and and sort of finding patterns mm-hmm. in terms of formulas and things like that. Um, you know, actual uh, statistical uh, relevance and things, you know, like in research and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, I guess that comes from my grad school days or something. But uh, I think of this more as kind of playing with data, teasing the patterns out, um, looking at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's more of, of what I try to do is is give different perspectives on the information that we have so that we can make better decisions on it. Um, and a lot of times it's just kind of looking at it from a different angle, putting things together in a different way. And then you start to see something that, you know, you didn't realize was there. Um, you still have to think it through though, because you might be seeing random bullshit, but, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, well, provide an example of that. Like how have you applied it recently? Sure. So, well, with the money Night pinball league, sure. uh, yeah. I think, I think we were sort of on the forefront of the, the analysis side of things. Um, oh, sure. I'd like to think so yeah. anyway. I know a lot of teams do that now though. And I'd love to know, so. I'd love to get in their heads and, and find out what they're doing. But I would uh, maybe in a year or two, there'll be summits about it. It'll be, kind of be the money ball pinball sort of season one. Uh, at the end of it, when I was captaining ellipsis, which is now the wrecking crew, I definitely had an, a fair amount of Excel spreadsheets where I was calculating averages of players on each game mm-hmm. and kind of like making a game plan. Um, after we beat the slayers, we were the first team to beat the slayers, which was their 
been undefeated for so long. They were the jerk, the soda jerks at exactly, the time. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, how can we make this data to our advantage? We have all this information. So I, I'm not, I'm an amateur at it, but I, I did try to start looking at those numbers. Well, so some of that information has been available for, for quite a while, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was on the score sheets uh, and then eventually on the website. Yeah, and I was and that's transcribing evolved. the score sheets, so I would start to see patterns there, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But there's also a wealth of information just out on the Internet because Brackalope, for the most part, the, the tournaments get posted online. Um, mm -hmm. Although Adabal is notoriously... Uh, difficult with that because mm -hmm. usually they don't completely post but still you'll have some finished games right uh, and then matchplay.events is a website that has a lot of tournaments posted too all that's out there but it's not necessarily easy to to pull down so i've spent some time the matchplay stuff's relatively new but the the Brackloop stuff i started messing with quite a while ago uh, and just started scraping the data from their website and cleaning it up because that's most of my time is is not spent on analysis uh, it's spent on cleaning up the data that I get from these different sources. Yeah, well, because just think about it. Uh, you've got different tournament directors putting in the names of the players yep. and the names of the machines, mm -hmm. and I want there to be one name for each machine, right? Yeah, One name for each player that you can tie back and, and realize, like oh, that's nickname. one unique yeah. object, one, one thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's tricky. It takes time, right? Mm. And you can automate some of that, but most of the time you have to at least inspect it to make sure you aren't damaging it even more <laughs> right 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 yeah you need that yeah human intuition to a certain extent yeah like you could write some kind of script where it says like if it says ray davidson it's raymond davidson sure yeah. well, or, I have or a... afm is attack from mars right. or something uh -huh. like yeah right right well so there's official codes uh that the monday night pinball league uses right. oh, okay uh, for the machines yeah you have to be very particular on how you enter that stuff hmm. but even so uh, sometimes the machines get added and they don't have the right codes and all that yeah um and as far as player names in just regular brackalope tournaments and machine names in brackalope tournaments there is no standard yeah. right people can just put whatever they want mm -hmm. now like a they tend... yeah yeah <laughs> i mean out of all they add little emoticons <laughs> to their names too yeah that's <laughs> kind of annoying too and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and as much as i love her katie janice gets really creative with the yeah, names at uh flip lips so uh <laughs> so i maintain well what's called an authority file in the library science world, but basically it's just like a mapping, right? That so it's a mapping so cool. between the the uh, names that you've seen uh -huh. and the uh, proper term that you're trying to, to get to, right? Sure. So I have, I don't even know how big the file is now, but uh, it's just, you know, a ton of mappings between different variations on a person's name back to the the official name and mm -hmm. i i standardize to the ones in the ifpa website uh in their database because that way i can connect into that too makes sense yeah um so so yeah so i started pulling all that data down and then i started playing with it to see how it could help us play better because one of the things i realized uh well this was back when i was just a player on the specials now i'm co-captain and christian's our captain um we we knew you know, we were all improving our play and stuff like that, but but you get to a point where you can only improve so much, right? Sure. And 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 each little step of the way is going to be that much harder, right? So I figured let's try to play smarter in terms of our picks. I mean, that's one of the neat things about the Monday Night Pinball League is you actually get to pick half of the games that you're going to be playing each night, mm -hmm. uh, and the other team gets to pick their half too. Sure. So that's a huge strategic advantage if you take you the time to fine. think about it Absolutely. and and figure it out. And so I wanted to try to come up with a way to 
to help us do that. And like I say, all the teams, for the most part, have have been doing similar things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just and a matter probably of how... very different things too. I don't know. <laughs> so, since I had the Bracklub data, I had win and loss information, right? So I knew that so and so had played so and so on this machine on this date. So how they during stack up against event. other players? Right. Well, so exactly. I could see that they had they had either beaten those players, they had also won on that machine. And if you have enough of the data, you can start to to hopefully, you know, hopefully it averages out mm -hmm. and and you start to see patterns in terms of play. If you don't have very much data for a particular machine and a player, then you don't have much to go on. Um the other thing too is any given machine is gonna be different depending on the, the location it's at, right? I mean attack from Mars at 8-bit is different so from Attack from Mars. At, yeah, at John John's yeah. or oh, yeah. Narwhal Absolutely. or mm -hmm. wherever. Uh, or at Attaball. For that There's matter. different grooves in the play field over time. Yeah. There's different setups, like different tilt sensitivities. So just because you've wanted, you know, a bunch of times at one particular location that you play at a lot doesn't mean you're going to be able to play it well somewhere else. Sure. Mm -hmm. But still, it's information to go on, right? And it tells you that that player knows the machine at least the rule somewhat, right? Because they've mm -hmm. played it enough. And is capable of putting up a certain score. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, if they've pretty much lost every game they've played on a particular machine, maybe they don't know the rule set that well. Because mm -hmm. uh, the chances that they've only played people that are experts on it are very low. Depending on where they play, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's this, true. When you start to sift into this data, there's so many doors that open up too. Because like, what if you have a player that is continuously playing well on a certain subset of games and failing constantly on those same games elsewhere. Right. And they're really just learning those exact angles in their home turf. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or they're and, a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So those types of things are hard to, to know. Right. right? But, but the thing about working with data this way is you can start to ask these kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you get a feel for like, you know, whether you can actually answer them or not, you know, which which things you can actually kind of prove out or or work through and which things are just open questions. Uh -huh. And then maybe you can answer it better when you have more data. Uh, of course, the machines move around a lot here, too. It's true. Which also makes it interesting in terms of keeping up with with like normalizing the data and, and cleaning it up. And there's kind of like different tribes of games like. Like, say, Adabon, John John's are, like, one tribe, and they'll share games in between themselves. Or Jules Maze, not part of the league, but, like, all the shorties, places that shorties routes is one tribe. Yeah. And then Travis yeah, and, like, 8-Bit and Levi and, you know, Flip Flip Ding Ding and... And Triple Knock. Um, and Triple Knock. Yeah, the three share. of those rotate. Yeah. yeah. And so being privy to, to some of the uh, skill shots updates mm -hmm, is interesting list. too because yeah. you can kind of track the machines that way oh yeah because yeah. you see it disappear from this location and appear at this other location oh, and you yeah. happen to know that it's the, the same, the same person yeah. owns it so right. yeah <laughs> it's like almost interesting like a little tiger on it but going back to the the money night pinball uh analysis and data and stuff you know I, i've been tracking uh some stats well beyond what uh what's on the website uh for players, you know, in terms of just how we're doing mm -hmm. so that we have a feel. But it's interesting because one of the things I realized pretty early on is you don't necessarily want to share that information with the even enemy. within your team, oh, hmm. sure. like in an open way. Yeah, because it's not meant to be a leaderboard. It's not meant to be a, 
like you know, bragging thing. rights kind of yeah. thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it's really meant to be a self-improvement thing. That, right. That's what I was thinking of when I put right. it together. No, it's so but when funny I put it out there. Yeah, it's so funny <laughs> to say that because uh, Stefan on my team is very similar minded. And he always has to um, like translate his language from computer language basically to like human interaction and get a bedside manner and, yeah you know mm. bedside manner is a good way to put it yeah. yeah the human element is really really important and i mean mm -hmm. like you know the whole reason i'm doing this is because i'm interested in it i think it might help us that sort of thing and i'm hoping everybody else gets something out of it too right and i definitely don't want it to be a you know a way they can feel bad or right or, or like yeah. a new way to have pressure applied to yeah. you in a, in a stressful mm -hmm. moment right. it's not meant for that because it's not about like you know oh we must do better and mm -hmm. we must do everything we can to get or better it's just like it protects you're winning this game and then you lost and you're like yeah. <laughs> oh all the math is off <laughs> it's more just interesting i yeah. think absolutely <laughs> and it helps you Agreed. think about it too and talk about it and so that's something that um like some of these different ways I've come up with uh, that, that we use ha have helped because. And when you say we, you mean you. Well, me, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've talked about this stuff with, with other players and, True. and folks on other teams too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know quite how to do this except to describe it, but. No, uh, please go for it. <laughs> Michael's got a trapper keeper full of papers. <laughs> it's not <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a trapper. Right. It's it's a classy, simple red folder, uh, chock full of uh, yeah, of uh, various pages. Uh, go ahead, Kayla. You're right there. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So this is a uh, a chart here, um, with one side of the chart has games, and the other is split into two columns. One of um, being at Michael's team, the specials, versus their upcoming opponent, the Wrecking Crew. And there are uh, there so there's two numbers in each cell here where they interact with this the game and the player, and each uh, the two numbers represent the first number is the amount of times that that player has won the game, and the second number is the amount of times that person has played the game, hmm. and the higher the ratio of wins, the darker the cell. Is that an accurate way to describe? I think so. Uh, I'll, I'll make one little correction. Yes, because it's not really a chart. Okay, it's, it's more. I, see, it's more is, a matrix. I mean, I it's a grid. Okay. It's a grid, right? Because, uh, you know, you've got on the on the uh, horizontal, you've got the machines and on the vertical, you've got the players. And okay. so if you look at it that way, uh, dark bands across the horizontal will show you which machines our team is, is good on or our yes. opposing team is good on. And uh, dark bands on the vertical show you which players are stronger. Mm -hmm. So, like in this case, Chris has a very dark band. Christian does. <laughs> I just have the, to make... the current state yeah. champion of Washington. And yeah. awesome. <laughs> I have to make a quick aside. Like every time you say dark band, I think of Alexander's dark band, which is the area in between a double rainbow. Ah, um, okay. So, if you ever like get an opportunity to see a double rain rainbow uh, again, which you will hopefully, um, <laughs> the the space in between it is a lot darker and grayer than the the colors of pr the the light reflecting through. Um, that create the rainbows and it's because the lights refracting in insular to that like like against each other the two arcs so that like one's going outward one's going inside inward and when they interact it creates a dark band hmm. interesting so, okay that's my one little side <laughs> i i that's a very interesting aside i like it maybe we can uh shoehorn our poisonous mammals conversation in later <laughs> <Yeah>. just uh... <laughs> And if we don't, I apologize to the listener for and uh, teasing stay away you. From shrews. That's yeah. all we have to say. Yes, shrews are bad news. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, so you're so you're talking about these uh, various dark bands. So the horizontal dark band uh, would be a, a game. You were saying, or right. it was okay. Yeah. And so so that shows that your team in, at large knows that game well. Whether it's because it's one on your turf that everybody's gotten to know play well, or or just through sheer luck or providence, or a crowd favorite, sure. or yeah. Well, and that's something you see right away when you do this at different locations against different teams. I mean, there's there's certain machines that everybody plays a lot, uh-huh. partly because they're everywhere, sure, but also they're just sort of core games to pinball, at least mm-hmm. as far as I've seen. So things like Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness and uh, Adam's Family, and mm-hmm. you know. Those are the ones that you can pretty much find everywhere and get played everywhere in the mm-hmm. tournaments. There was a time in Seattle Pinball history when you could pick Attack from Mars and feel pretty confident that your opponent didn't know how to play it that well. Wow. That time has passed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so so give us an uh, example of how you would strategize around that. Like, for example, if there's a game that you feel confident your entire team can play well, then maybe you would match somebody up, I would assume, that might be weaker across the board elsewhere on that game because you feel like you can trust them on Attack from Mars, let's say. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely an aspect of it. Um, So uh, another thing that I notice when I look at this is which uh which games we're weak on and they're weak on uh-huh. and by weak i don't necessarily mean it's it's an empty self because if you if you don't have any information at all or don't have much yeah, you, can't you can't really make any assumptions it. right absolutely uh, but if you know that somebody's played a game you know eight times and lost every one of them or only won once or something that's pretty strong data there yeah yeah i mean there's an indication that they don't do well on that game for mm-hmm. whatever reason mm-hmm. um so you definitely want to look for the strengths of your players so that you know what sort of safe uh, matchups are between player and machine. Uh, but I'm also looking at, at like in this case, well, the Wrecking Crew is a bad example just because they're a really strong team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they are the champions of the last two seasons. Yeah. So there, there really isn't very much weakness showing there. It's just that they haven't played all the machines at, at 8-bit. So, sure. I mean, that's actually part of the strategy too. I mean, and one of the things that comes out here for both our teams is it's really, really easy to see which machines are brand new to a location mm-hmm. or relatively new. So like Batman 66 and Catacomb and CSI, those are all relatively new machines. Rob Zombie here. Oh, and Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's this one? Now, I don't want to... I don't want to cut off your no. flow here too much, but uh, but a game, for example, uh, and this there might not be another game that falls into this category, but a game like Batman 66, where you know that ultimately that game is the same layout as... Dark Knight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, could you reconcile that data? And so... I've, you answer. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like the answer is no, but... Yeah. So I want to take a step back, too, because I would argue that Batman 66 is not a retheming okay. of no, Dark this Knight. Is a, I actually I, haven't gotten to play Batman 66 okay. yet, so I'm interested to hear this on a couple of levels. I would like to hear your thoughts after you get a chance to play it because okay. I expected it to be a retheme. Right? Sure. I mean, it's got the crane, and I assumed the shots yeah. were the same, and the the like pictures and video I'd seen and stuff mm-hmm. didn't uh-huh. seem to be that different. When you actually have it in front of you and you're playing it, it's very, very different. And mm. the the way the modes work and the way you play the game, the way you take advantage of the game is very different from Interesting. from uh, Dark Knight. So. Some of us have been working on that at 8-Bit for a while, and, and I'm addicted to the thing. Uh, David Raschenberg's addicted to it, too. Uh, it's – we 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 had a conversation on uh, Facebook going earlier today, and he said that he thought it was as good 
as Metallica as far as a stern release. And I, I would tend to agree. I, I think it's got that kind of depth. Well, and the code's not even done. That's the amazing thing. Like right now, there's no there's no uh, wizard mode. There's no like end game at all. In fact, there's there's lights on the play field that never get used for anything. Mm-hmm. There's things you collect that I'm not even sure give you any points or anything else. But like presumably <laughs> they will at some point. Yeah. The minor villains if you defeat them. Like the uh, skeleton you know. structure is there, but it's just not. Yeah. The muscle hasn't been built around it yet. But but what they do have is still compelling enough. Like right. even missing half of the code probably. It's so. I don't know. It's, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Well, it's so really psyched for that. The music is great. I love it. If, if you ever watch the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. ever watch the TV show or the old movie. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Uh, well, reruns of it. I'm sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, but no. So, I mean, it's got a lot of personality. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also just really fun because it's not a grinding game. Mm. Like so far, we haven't found anything that you really need to grind on. It rewards well-aimed shots, but it doesn't punish poorly aimed shots as badly as like ghostbusters does okay i mean ghostbusters is a very cool game but unless you're like chris chen or somebody that can just like make every freaking shot i can't do it no i can't either i love to watch other people play it well but it's just kind of a money sink for me if i try to play it uh where this thing isn't i mean this you can get to the point where make the shots you can avoid dangerous shots you know and you can recover you can recover a lot better, I think, on this than you can on a lot of machines. Interesting. Okay. So, anyway. All right. Well, fair enough. But there would be some games, like, for example, like if if there were a Family Guy and a Shrek that were being played. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the same, same game. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Same but I, I don't know if there's a Shrek on, well, on circuit like... that's being played often enough for this no, to be something you could really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels like Batman 66 is almost like augmented reality towards to, uh, Dark Knight. Like, it's it looks the same, like in in design but then in practice is so much different hmm. yeah on the surface yeah good on them but it's the on the not. same places but <laughs> there's ramps added that weren't there well the the batmobile ramp is not the same as it is in yeah. 66 and that's not a bad thing yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's plenty of times that my ball apex that ramp and then came between the flippers yeah. Yeah. it definitely rewards uh playing with the different modes and feeling it out and that's something I like about Pimple. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best machines are the ones that you can kind of work on and discover new things all the time. Yeah. And it has that. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Okay. So so is there a, an example that you can think of uh, where taking this data that you've been working on and sifting through, uh, where you were able to apply it to to great benefit? Like, was there a moment where, like, you turned to a teammate and you were like, I think you're going to crush on this. Go out yeah. and get him, champ. We, yeah, I mean, and it's not just me that sees that. Uh-huh. Other folks on my team, like uh, Matt Anderson has definitely gotten into the data. Uh, Nick Pernisco has. And everybody else on the team at one point or another has looked at the stuff I brought in, you know, or asked me about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it. And, yeah, I mean, usually it's as a team we realize, oh, hey, oh, cool. like this person needs to play that game. You know, and it's not. So, actually, this is a good segue into, into something I wanted to say, which is – um it doesn't tell us what to do. And I never want it to be used that way. Now, can Guidelines. you ex- explain what you mean by that? It doesn't, yeah. the data doesn't tell you what to do. No. In what sense? Well, so it's not, it's not giving us instructions absolutes. on, on what choices we should make. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it's not absolutes like mm-hmm. Kayla just said. It's um, hints, right? It's, it's a perspective that we didn't have before and it's up to us to interpret it, mm-hmm. but and we shouldn't it. just blindly follow it. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it's not even how I put it together. I don't want it to necessarily push us down a certain path, right? Because I'm not trying to convince anybody to do anything in particular with this. I just want to see it and and think about it and talk about it. Yeah. Yes, so that do. we can say, well, no, but so that we can say, oh, this makes sense yeah. or this doesn't make sense because it works in both ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've avoided potential problems, you know, like somebody really wanted to play this game, but we realized somebody else was much better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also weird strategic things you can do. And I know all, all the teams do this too, where like, okay, if you're up against somebody really, really good, do you put your best player against them? Right, or do you, you give just... a sacrificial lamb? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And sometimes it I makes sense. Sometimes rather it do doesn't. a sacrificial lamb. And we've gotten to the point on my team where there's a cohesion in understanding that, yes, we're throwing mm-hmm. you to the wolves, but not in a mean spirited way. That's it key. Does, yeah, it does feel really shitty when we're like, hey, can you take a fall for our team, please? Because you're going to go against Kevin Brohl or Dave Stewart. And yeah. like, none of us can beat us. But if we put our better players on other games, and that's it sucks because you're basically saying like, you're towards the bottom of the heap right now. And these people can earn points on their other games. So if you could take just, I mean, yeah, there's no nice way of putting it. Well, and it also goes into that whole thing about like why you're playing to begin with right because get better right yeah yeah, well to improve on a personal level and that's Mm -hmm. right and learn more and have fun and that sort of thing i mean it's it's less about winning too so sometimes we we don't do the sacrificial lamb thing because it just doesn't feel right you know yeah Yeah. sure and because we can probably pick up the points some other way or whatever i mean it's not gonna be the end of the world kind of thing Mm -hmm. um that's that's something i've realized after having done the, the co-captain thing for a little while. Yeah. Which is, even when I have a bad night, and the first week this season, I got a half a point. Oh, boy. And that was just because I played with somebody that got uh, <laughs> got the points on a got doubles match. Yeah, yeah. So down. I basically got zero points. Yeah. Um, but I've been there, too, because when you're trying to um, like facilitate something as well, it's like it's hard for you to focus on uh, games. I was just playing like oh, shit okay. that night, though. So that, that was all I will me. take that bone back. Then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, though, I was happy to see that everybody else on the team played well. And mm-hmm. so one thing I always look for when I do the data analysis at the end of our match after yeah. everything's locked in is just has everybody had at least one good game? Because I feel like I've kind of failed Mm-hmm. And maybe the team's kind of failed itself if somebody didn't have any good games at all. Sure. Right? Because that's just, I mean, again, it's supposed to be fun, right? Yeah. I mean, you just have a that's night like where you're... being a bench warmer. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's lots of things to think mm-hmm. about. It's not just about like the, the path to winning or whatever. It's also the path to like making sure everybody's involved and having fun and, you know. Yeah. Because like Stefan on my team does that, you know, the sandwich technique when you like compliment, negative compliment thing. But his is more like a confetti sandwich where he like sprinkles all the good things in between all these things. So you hmm. don't even like realize he's setting them bad. Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, this is an art to this. Like, <laughs> once again, we've had another week where everyone earned points on the team. Go team! All right, here's where we can improve. Also, this other good thing happened. I'm like, oh, that thanks. is yeah, yeah. savvy. That's uh-huh. that's important. I yeah. I expect a lot of teams do that because mm-hmm. I mean we have morale's a real thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Is. we have a private Facebook group, like I'm sure a lot of teams mm-hmm. do. And after the the night's over. I always try to do a little summary thing. Yeah. And that's a big part of it is just calling out the folks. Well, because if you have somebody that earned all the points they could earn in the games they played, 
I mean, they, like, yeah, well, it depends because if they play doubles or or singles, yeah. But anyway, if you earn all your points, that's something that's worth pointing out, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not because, like, oh, look, this person, you know, is the best player on our team or whatever. It's more just like, wow, that's that happens so rarely. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, good job kind of thing. Like at Pinburg, if you get a perfect round, you get 12 points and they give you a medal if you get a perfect (laughs) round. (laughs) And I want to get excited about the Facebook um, private groups. So we're the pin pals. I can't tell you. Okay, I can tell you. It's been six or more. Six or seven people who have uh, requested to join the group because they think it's a pen pals group. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like if you you need someone to write letters to and you can't interpret an E from an I, like maybe you shouldn't be writing letters. <laughs> mm. uh, but counterpoint. Maybe you need, need to, to join such a group a little more than the rest of us. Get some practice in there, uh, brush up. So you think the next one that asks, I should just approve it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they probably mean well, is all I'm Simpsons saying. Simpsons pen pals party. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So. Um, Look at that pretty thing you have. Yeah. There. Tell us about that pretty thing. So maybe, maybe the way to get into this is... To say that even though we talked about like numbers and stuff with the the sort of the grid view, uh-huh. I actually get more out of uh, turning the data into something more visual. Right? Sure. Because I want to see overview type stuff and you can't really get overview information if you're just looking at numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's easy. It's easier to recognize patterns when you visualize it. Definitely. Um, so we have scores captured. Uh, on the website for Monday Night Pinball League. So every game that's part of the league, the scores get captured. It's not um, a binary thing. Yeah. It's not just like win-loss. Right, right. Yeah. No, we actually have the scores. And sometimes they get entered incorrectly and stuff. But actually, that hasn't been true lately. I yeah. Mean, uh, it was in the early days when it was all on paper that um, right. it was a problem. But now that it's web-based and you can actually include a picture of the final scores along with the typed-out scores. Yeah, that went a long way to, to uh, fixing that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Anyway, we have all those scores, and I just recently started pulling down the scores from uh, the Super League games that have been going on. Uh, now, granted, that's only at certain locations and not necessarily the same locations that uh, the league happens at, but uh, it's more score information. It's also very different scores because the way people earn them is, is you know, the way they're playing is very different. Balls yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can focus on the same game forever. You can play extra balls. It, you're cherry picking. You don't know how often they, how, how many times they played that mm-hmm. before they achieved a certain score. Right. Yeah, Definitely. But, but like, it gives you a, a sort of a high, high watermark mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Graham said that earlier and i think that's a good way to put it um you know like we take we have an excel spreadsheet where with our um three games and an average score for a target score but um stefan is very adamant about saying like do not give me your best games of the night give me three in a row that just went boom 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 and don't cherry pick your scores because it's not an accurate representation of data Hmm. well and that's not the rule that's also another part of the whole captain co-captain thing and the human element because mm-hmm. i've learned over time certain players on my team are hard on themselves more mm. than they should be so they're going to report scores that you know if you, you ask them like what kind of score can you get or whatever it's uh-huh. going to be a lot lower than what they'd actually get I oh, see. and the opposite's true too i mean there's yeah. really confident folks that be like, oh yeah you know i can get that. Oh, eh, i don't know and so over time you start to to learn that but we have so many machines at 8-bit Sometimes it's hard to keep track. And then yeah. when you're going on the road to different other places, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's another challenge is just kind of, uh, you know, bumping it up or down a little bit to kind of 
work through the human element. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, a lot of wrinkles to <laughs> suss out there. Yeah. Yeah, there was so. a moment last week, just inside, where um, I basically got banished the Badlands to play eight ball instead of the game I wanted to play. And the person that was adamant about like I can hit this score, this score, this score, I said, "All right, you know, if you want to," I was like, "I would actually like to play that, and I would enjoy playing it." Um, and I can earn his points, but he was so like steadfast in his like capabilities and I played the game after their match and more than doubled their scores and like would have earned points. Absolutely. So hmm. I was like, I'm just going to try to validate myself here real quick. Yep. Would have earned points. And like, I got one single point on eight ball and was miserable playing it because uh-huh. I flipped two balls out of five. <laughs> well and we've all had games sacrifices for people yeah we've all had games that didn't go well that counted for league and then like played a follow-up game just to to hopefully yeah feel a little bit better and then blow it up right Mm -hmm. i mean that happens all the time it changes the flow too (laughs) and i felt we had this discussion with my team last week where um how do we get over our first round jitters and i think that if we played multiplayer games would be better because people when they're practicing are playing by themselves and you get one ball after another after another yeah. and you don't mm-hmm. get that time to sit and reflect on what you did and what you need to uh, go up to approach that that break between mm-hmm. between plunges is is huge I yeah think. but there's also just the you know you don't want to let your team down kind of thing oh, sure. and all that and that's you can't replicate that you can't really right. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no model that speaks to that for it, let alone for every individual player and then how we handle it differently. Yeah. So hopefully people just kind of figure out something that works for them. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. You know. That's ideal. So, uh, yeah, back to what I have in my hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have all these scores. I pulled them all down uh, again, Super League stuff and and going back to season two of Monday Night Pinball League all the way up to the current. Uh, stuff uh and if you put the scores on like the vertical and this actually is a chart it's a bubble <laughs> chart, but, a chart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah scores are on the vertical uh the date is on the horizontal uh so you know to the left is older and to the right is newer uh for a particular machine you can kind of see the spread where scores fall uh with a bubble chart you could uh make the size of the bubbles uh be tied to the percentage of points that that uh, folks were getting in the game that they played um and then if you're looking at comparing uh two teams you can colorize it you know a color for each team mm-hmm. and then kind of get a feel for like where people are performing on a particular machine mm-hmm. um and to have it really be meaningful you'd, you'd want to see all these scores uh earned on the same machine mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. location um but and then you can do trend lines too to kind of see like you know how it's going who are they where are they grouping together yeah yeah uh well and just how far spread apart they are too because oh sure uh, yeah i mean that can kind of indicate whether the game's random yeah so for example <laughs> for example right here he's looking at a chart this is definitely chart like um <laughs> of attack from mars and there's a whole lot of these little bubbles in the same area like someone just opened up a fresh pack of soap and blew through the the wand here and then there's this one little loner, like way the hell up there at, what is that, 16 billion points on Attack from Mars? No, close to 18. 18. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. That That was a Super League score, though. Sure. Yeah. But Are I mean, we naming names? 
We could, yeah, it was, yeah. you said Eric. It Guess? was Eric. No, yeah. no, Eric Morales. Oh, Morales. Oh, yeah. holy crap. You that said, was, uh, well, you had just said Eric earlier, and I, I, I'm sorry, Morales. I had just zoomed guest. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I don't know. It's a blue dot. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah. Or a red dot. <laughs> that was like August time frame, That's but it was insane. definitely super lean. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've topped out at 16 billion and felt great about that. And that was, I added a ball on 4th of July after they were closed and said enough firecrackers inside the building. <laughs> <laughs> but that's incredible. Yeah, I think um, my highest was like nine. Nine's I, great, I don't think too. I've gone over 10, but yeah. You will. <laughs> Keep playing. You, yeah. you only miss the shots you don't take, right? That's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just like, he took took that torch and ran with it. That's Yeah, you. I bet your, your bubbles would have been like, wider and bigger if you could have just cut off the chart oh definitely yeah because there's a huge amount of empty space where nothing was happening between uh what like nine six a little over six oh six billion billion. all the way up to 17 or 18 almost tripled yeah and there's all that white space in between (laughs) we talked a little bit earlier about walking dead walking dead yeah that's what i was yeah because we were kind of like having this uh small discussion about um it's almost like a bell curve on Walking Dead. I mean, it's totally different a way to look for things, but like the shape of it, I would say. But you yeah. and you can, I don't know. Uh, you can see where the code comes in, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what I was I was thinking about. So, I mean, especially with new games, right? There's code updates and things. Um, you can see where. Uh, I guess average scores, kind of the the area that people were scoring in, uh, changed dramatically over time. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also just sort of a life cycle to games too, I think, hmm. where either people lose interest or or they happen to be games that are in Super League a lot or whatever, and so they get played a lot that way. Um, but yeah, also maintenance issues for games can kind of show yeah. up sometimes sure, because yeah. you know maybe it's impossible to do certain things or mm-hmm. or harder to make certain shots, and so you know scores start to drop a little bit. Um, We so should. I have this was all just Monday Night Pinball League data. I do have IFPA oh. related stuff to kind of tie. Is into this the, the part where I get to guess who's who? So I, I have I have some of that. I don't, it it kind of depends on what you guys want to do because uh, let's see. Shout out to sure uh, that... Paul Dreyer. Michael Adcock also brought his own game. Yes, we're all about guests bringing their own games. <laughs> yeah. By the way. <laughs> All you data nerds. I'm sorry. Yeah. Data nerds. Yeah. Come out here. So this so, stuff. This looks like whale sounds. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Uh, this stuff is separate from the. This, this is the stuff you can't really see except for, you know, well, not yet. Uh-huh. Not until we want to do that. Okay. Uh, a little dark in here. This but, is the uh, thing you were talking about. I can put the, on the overhead light. The that would actually right. help if you <laughs> It's very pretty. It's, it's almost like a Monet painting with the dark light here. So, oh yeah, there was a lot of talk about uh, activity in countries. Yes, uh, in what was that episode forty one? I guess. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, uh, related to this, I did uh, pull up the visualization that uh, Ken, Ken Rudberg made for us. Yeah, oh, shout nice. out to Ken. I'm sorry we haven't responded to your email three days ago. Uh, we saw it and we love it, and I'm very sorry that we haven't responded to you. Yeah, but it's very cool. We're looking at it right now, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, with your with your blessing, we'll share it on our Facebook page as well. I think well. he wouldn't have an issue with that. Yeah. If you do, that's my fault. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll pin it on Kayla. But yeah, he, he did this beautiful uh, visualization where you can uh, look at things by country, see uh, who the uh, how how many uh, 
top players there are in a given country. Um, and the top 20 of each one, right? Yes. And, and yes. I think the gender breakdown he was working on as well. Yeah. Um, now, I'm I'm working this with my offhand while I, I face the other way. Um, I know, right? But <laughs> uh, yeah, here we are. Here we are. We've got to work in here now. I know, right? <laughs> And I use neither of them for this for the <laughs> computer, um, but yeah, we can uh, click on Norway for example, and like while we hover over it, we can see uh, highest ranked player uh, and where he's ranked the highest, how many players are involved, and then here's the top twenty here on the right side mm-hmm. as of February two thousand seventeen. Um, oh look, and here's the latest Skillshot Zine cover in the corner. I was going to ask Ken. you about that. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet. I was like, wait, yeah. did you somehow send this to Gordon and he put it on our website? No. Nope. Ken inv- <laughs> included a picture of our zine on there. It's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a good way to segue back to what we were talking about uh, regarding uh, players by country, because you mentioned this, Michael, when we were talking. Graham's I'm, getting better at segues. Yes. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> and uh, I- I'm uh, hovering over Brazil right now, where there are a hundred and <laughs> 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 163 players ranked here but the highest ranked player is 3455 and they're all between 3455 and 8 uh for the top 20 they are between 3455 and 8863 so like a 5000 person discrepancy yeah and you want to go ahead and speak to what you said uh in our group conversation about this michael well so there were several things that i thought about uh in episode 41 when i was listening sure sure um you you were kind of making an assumption that people that reported themselves as being from a particular country were only really playing in the country that they say they were from. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's not really a valid assumption if you actually start looking. Like, I've dug into the data a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, especially in, in Europe, um, folks are traveling to either larger tourneys or, or whatever just to be able to play. And actually a lot of them end up coming to the U S too sure. to play because you get more points that way. That's how they're even showing up. Right. Yeah. Or like, um, and so Brazil is like this sort of, uh, uh, sealed off pinball existence where they can't really earn many more points because they're only playing against each other. And so right. I don't think, you know, like if, if a few of their folks, a few of their better folks, maybe, well, that's the other thing too. Like, okay. Looking at rank on, on the IFPA website is not really a valid way to determine how good a pinball player somebody is. I, I would say if, if they're actively playing in a very healthy pinball community against other players at different levels, then yes. So in the U S it probably is a, a fairly good indication. Sure. Um, but only if they're actively playing. I mean, there's plenty of people that don't play in tournaments. Yeah, even that much. here in Seattle, we've got, we yeah. just over there over dinner, we mentioned a number of players that we know personally that, are much better than the rankings may indicate. And but. some because they choose not to play in tournaments, some because they just don't care. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. different people play for different reasons, right? Sure. I mean, and rank doesn't mean as much to everyone <laughs> as it does to some. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting because the only way you can really work your way up in the ranks is to play a lot of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, I'll show you some stuff to kind of, 
prove that out. I don't know how that's going to come across in audio. No, but, no, we're, we'll we give can, it our best yeah. shot. Yeah, and we'll we can maybe link to some effort. of this stuff. We'll, we'll yeah. see. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, well, a, a good example of this, I'm hovering over Mexico now. There's only one player that's listed in Mexico. And that's Jose Chong? Exactly, who who uh, actually reached Reach out to us after uh-huh. we mentioned him. And he has <laughs> no uh, tournaments in Mexico, much like everybody, because, because there have been no IFPA tournaments in yeah. Mexico. Because yeah. that's his nationality, but he does not live there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, so, for example, Disco Pernisco on your team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know the story behind this, but for some reason... He's he, an Argentinian? He's an Argentinian. Or well, I mean, he's Argentinian? probably Argentinian. Argentinian, yeah. Argentinian. Yeah, okay. tin, um, by, by nationality, but he lives in the States. Yeah. It's one for his, like congressman running and the ones for his well he's going for state office or something right like maybe he has to hide his yeah but (laughs) but i mean that's the other thing too Mm -hmm. like none of that gets verified right because i mean it's not why would you right yeah Yeah, it's just whatever you put into the ifba website is going to be there so so then you have nick pernisco that's playing only tournaments in seattle but says he's from argentina (laughs) 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 now i've done it to myself (laughs) yeah yeah for sure though yeah it's well, self-reported data, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other aspect is, who knows? I mean, maybe, because I know China came up in, in uh-huh. the last, mm-hmm. or not the last podcast, but 41. Uh, and who knows, right? I mean, they may have their own ranking system. Mm-hmm. They may have tons of people playing pinball all the time. Yeah, And they don't know CFPA. anything about the IFPA or mm-hmm. not care or have access to it or whatever. And we don't know that they exist either. But, you know, so... Just because it's not in the IFPA doesn't mean it sure. doesn't exist. I think <laughs> right, absolutely. To counterpoint Graham's um, reasoning for that was just, it's such a vast country that you would think that something that's so much larger than the states would have something, you know, or at least a blip on the IFPA website. One would hope. I but, don't know. Yeah. I we mean, should do an in-depth uh, investigation in yeah. Chinese pinball. We should start Chinese. a Kickstarter to go to Beijing. <laughs> I'm all about it. Do you think we could make that work? I, don't I took think journalism so. I don't know. in college. I can do some investigating. All right, all right, all right. That's for episode forty-seven. Please write into us at Skillshop Pencast if you'd like to give us money to go to China. Yeah. <laughs> China. Okay, so let's. Uh, but you. Focus. Yeah, yeah, but you've got you've got some fun for us here, Michael. Yeah. Well, so this isn't quite yet the game. Uh, it's but, leading up but to. We're it. getting there. Yeah. So this is this one right here is looking at the countries that the tournaments occurred in. Okay. So not where the people are from, but mm-hmm. but where the tournaments were held. And this is these are the only countries here. Like I don't know how many there are. I didn't count them. But oh, it looks like six. about twenty. Twenty-five. So it looks like there's twenty-five. If I counted right, twenty-five different countries, including the U.S., uh, that uh, events IFPA uh, if events have occurred in. Mm-hmm. Um, now the the uh, dots, the marks. Um, the horizontal part of your graph? Well, yeah. So the the, the horizontal is time. So okay. it goes from 1980 uh, or 80-something. I forget exactly what year it was, but uh, up to the up to the end of 2016. Is this little guy the first pinball tournament? Well, it's the first pinball tournament that uh, IFPA tracked. So okay. I was born in 85. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where I was conceived. <laughs> interesting. interesting theory well so i'm gonna have to ask my mom so so not not to go off on a conspiracy theory or anything like this but one thing i did notice when if you go back digging into the earliest uh ids mm-hmm. for for tournaments on the website uh you know one two three whatever yeah uh 
you'll see that most of those are only reporting the winner. So it doesn't even tell you how many players were in the tournament because they didn't oh, know. Right? That's interesting. It was after the fact. I, I don't know when the website went up, but I know it wasn't around when that tournament took place. Right? Sure. That was sure. something they dug up and then put in. So mm-hmm. there's also, uh, I mean, they they could be selective, right? They could be selective mm-hmm. in in what they put in. I mean, obviously, it was what they had access to. And those would be things that them and their friends knew about and maybe yeah. played in and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting to see that, too, because the same names keep coming up. You know, it's right. it's certain out- localized areas around where they mm-hmm. probably lived at the time. Well, because yeah. things outside your bubble are a lot more work than things that are insular. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that information, I'm sure, is gone now. Yeah. Um, so, so what that is showing, uh, the size of the dots, uh, actually, look off on the right there. Uh, uh-huh. Is it is it player count? Or is it number of tournaments occurring? It's a player count. Okay, because okay, so the one I have in my hand, yeah, I could have just looked at that, I guess. <laughs> is is the number of tournaments occurring? They're very, very similar, and that's that was interesting oh, wow. to me too, because you could see that the number of players increased as the number of tournaments increased. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh yeah, there's lots of pinball going on because we have like tons of tournaments with five people. Yeah, it's like we have tons of tournaments with, with an ever increasing number of people at those. Tournaments. Yeah, yeah, and it was interesting um, to so so we've got a couple different. Uh, charts uh going around the room here i'm, I'm uh sitting opposite uh kayla and michael uh, I'm, i apologize graphs yeah, uh but like <laughs> yeah, the, the one i've got in my hand here that has the uh on the x-axis uh uh the dates uh and and then on the y-axis the countries mm-hmm. uh you can see where the the number of players involved like with the u.s it's very clear it gets larger and larger yeah. and larger and canada does that to a smaller extent the next one where like the actual kind of increase happens very clearly is australia in my mind but uh and a lot of the other ones it's just like more consistent play at large just the frequency of the play happens more new often zealand. well sweden started oh you're right no i am looking too. at new zealand yeah don't get those too confused they get real pissed off no 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 i'm sorry i actually am looking at australia but anyway oh. uh here i'll show you this chart again you know what i'm just gonna say this now because i i just want to uh uh put us all into oh, perspective right. okay. we're over an hour already and i feel like there's oh. so much more that we can talk about maybe we'll have to do a, a, another episode uh, yeah. another time in the sure. future about this because there's yeah. a lot to unpack so but anyway that, let's continue. this was the quick look at the countries i also did it by state same same thing so uh oh, that's let's interesting. See. i would love to see it by you state. looked at you had player count so i don't hear here's a uh, tournament count for the different dates by state by state um oh wow so Pennsylvania, you know, is is a biggie early yeah, on. Absolutely. Illinois, yeah, Chicago. and there was some, what is that? Is that Connecticut? Connecticut? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Illinois starts back so early. Yeah, and Connecticut's got that early dot. That's interesting. Yeah. But Washington then, was kind of a latecomer. It was but, a latecomer, but, but then, then it blew up. Blo- yeah, we get blobby yeah. real fast. Well, so that's blobby the other is thing the you... technical term for <laughs> lots of players. So, so some things to sort of look at is how large the the circles are at the very end right mm-hmm. right because that's sort of where we are now ish right? the end of last year and it seems um, to me that washington's the easily the the winner there am i wrong well, both well, in terms of number of players yeah. and frequency of events i mm. think and yeah if you look at pittsburgh at the end it kind of starts to taper well the other thing you can see sorry, like pennsylvania in <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same difference <laughs> let's, so, let's be real in pennsylvania <laughs> and in illinois uh-huh. you can see there's these recurring large events oh yeah yeah but there's a long time between them yeah 
So they have like, well, I mean, they have Penberg and, sure. you know, and, and I don't know what they have in Expo. Is it Expo? Okay. Yeah. So that's the, that's the like annual thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see this like beat going on yeah. where in Washington, it's, it's just, just like solid swiping blob because there's big events all the time. I mean, the yeah. Attaball event every week is, is as large as some of the, you know, monthly or annual tournaments yeah. in other places. I was reading so. a slap, slap save zine from uh, Portland and there's a, a sentence in there that says, in the month of December, in the next two weeks, we have almost 10 IFPA tournaments coming up. And I'm like, in the week of now, we have over 10. <laughs> like, yeah. our, well. our cup runneth over here. Yeah. At the same time, though, if you look at Oregon here, I mean, they've oh, got yeah. a consistent yeah. oh, it's right. bit of activity. You yeah. know, it's not as large it's as what's going on in too. Washington, but, but like they have constant stuff. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't see those little bumps. Like it's almost yeah. a continuous thick straight well, line. And I don't know if you, you realize this, but I mean, these, these are sort of, I guess, semi-transparent or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see overlay. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. in our case, it's just like a big dark mark. Mm-hmm. Right. But in other ones, you can actually see the the individual yeah. events because there aren't that many overlays. Like, I was one... going to make the example like say these were battering rams. <laughs> I feel like ours would be very strong uh, for a long while, but the handle would start to break off. Whereas Oregon's would not uh, fracture at any point of it because it's a very thick, solid rod. Yeah, very... true. Well, so and I then know, you've got I'm... something like New Jersey where. It... The, the, it's staggered but so consistent do you see that there oh here we go yeah yeah for such God. a long see, time that, that looks like one of those 90s necklaces that people would like the ball chain <laughs> like necklaces a, oh yeah 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 where you could snap on at any point that would break that shit would break <laughs> so the the cool thing that i want to point out about this is that you guys are already seeing patterns in this mm-hmm. just because we're looking at it this way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean i didn't think of this stuff when i put it together yeah. or anything else like you're you're the ones finding it right and i've i saw some things too but it's only because it's in this format that you can start Visualize to see it. these things absolutely um and in general you you can see that like places that have had tournaments the longest had slow starts right i mean they had they had things that were maybe annual or biannual or whatever and then maybe it went monthly and then it got more frequent and whatever and then now it's it's you know pretty strong but still like the the beats i'm calling them beats but i don't know the 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 big circles in illinois and uh what is that Uh, pennsylvania Pennsylvania. you can really see Mm -hmm. those because they have those like big annual events that just eclipse the regular oh, stuff, sure. but they do have solid regular mm-hmm. stuff going on too, you know. Um, but then you look at like Utah or where, or like yeah, but even, see, they're they're just starting Georgia. out. And, oh yeah, I mean that's sure. the thing you can see. You can start to see the beginning of the pattern that's on some of the other states that have been around for years, right? Where like. They had their their one event, mm-hmm. and then then a the delay. But, but, Most of them have a delay after the first event oh, where yeah. it has to like take hold and yeah. whatever you know. Like we, well, I mentioned earlier <laughs> uh, because we we see like an early '80s uh, Connecticut is the very first time you see yeah. anything, mm-hmm. and then it's not until like after 2000, probably like 2012, I would say that you see another blip, and then the last two years you see a str- oh, steady sure. s- stream from yeah. Connecticut. Well, that's, yeah, these the are the states that well, I find the most interesting too, like where you just see like. Like a uh, little cluster. Like, look at New Mexico. They're just two concurrent ones very quickly two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you one thing that happened in Connecticut. I'm not an expert go on ahead. Connecticut by any do. means, but I've got friends that uh, live in New Haven mm-hmm. um, that I go visit every year. Uh, 
Hello, Michelle and River, <laughs> if you yeah. listen to this. Um, so they have a place there called The Sanctum. I don't, you may have heard of that because yeah, they the do the 24 hour. hour yeah. yeah. But they don't just do that. I mean, that's one like of the one things of they're known yeah. for. Mm-hmm. But they do regular events mm-hmm. and they have a really neat setup. It's, it's very different it's from like the culture here. Kind of thing, right? uh, no, it's more like a co op kind of thing. So what they did okay. was uh, collectors, uh-huh. right? Collectors with machines just kind of rented a space i don't think they own it i think they just rented yeah um and they moved all their machines in and it's semi-public because really you're only going to find out it exists if you find them through other pinball people mm-hmm. um you know and it's a donation-based thing like they don't charge because it's not a business i mm-hmm. think they're maybe a non-profit i, I don't know exactly what I bet they form they take status. but yeah. they probably have it i i don't know but you know there's a suggested donation kind of mm-hmm. thing and of course that's what we did when i went but they were having a uh, league they have their own leagues and stuff, but they have regular play all the time. Cool. Um, they have limited hours, but, but if you know them, you know, yeah. you might be able to get in, whatever, that kind it's of thing. It's not like a 24-hour gym access thing. Yeah. No, but but they have events quite often and a lot of players mm-hmm. there, a lot of really cool players. But it's a very different uh, sort of culture than it is here where we can yeah. just, like, go out to, you know, whatever. Yeah, Abed, take Dad, a pick. Hall, yeah. Lib, wherever. Mm-hmm. I mean, any part of town, there's, like, mm-hmm. a business that's open. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that you can hang out and play at. But, That's true. Uh, Would you say that New Haven is the... the well, New Haven doesn't have anything. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, You're fine. Um, um, so this is... The in... Sanctum's actually in... Uh, shoot, it's... it's uh, crap. You don't have to... I should know it. Uh, it's, nor- it's north of New Haven. I know that. Okay. It's, it's north of Hartford, a little bit north of Hartford. Okay. So would you say that that's like the one place in all of Connecticut, really, that's their the well, pinball the, activity? It's the one place I know about. I mean, yeah. there might be other, I'm sure there's other collectors and stuff around. Um, the other thing that I saw, I don't know if you've, you've talked about Pindigo that much, but... Um, uh, just a little bit, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't really start using it that much yeah. until I started going on my trips. And for me, uh-huh. it's just a way to track my own scores. But I also ended up getting people like following me and, and yeah, stuff because i was posting stuff. pictures from the sanctum when i was there oh sure and so other sanctum people were doing that mm-hmm. and i friended a few of them when i actually met them in person and they go all over the place because on the east There's... coast it's different right i mean they're going mm-hmm. to like boston to play at an event there mm-hmm. then they go to the sanctum to play in an event then they have like a weekly thing somewhere else yeah. so they're you know. boston's connecticut's and yeah i mean it looks like the renting. sanctum is in a meridian which, you know, that sounds right. granted yeah. is not New Haven, but anytime I look at a map of New England, I think like, oh, come on, that's basically all the same. Because it's, <laughs> it's like maybe 20 miles north of New Haven. That's like saying like that Linwood is wholly separate well, from that's, Seattle. That's and anybody analogy. outside of Seattle, Linwood is Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. That's yes, the analogy I, I was kind of making. is like the, they're Bostons and New Haven. Yes, yes, yeah. Are our Rentons and Edmonds. And yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. just on a much much larger scale. They do have a lot of toll roads around. Though, to get they do indeed. Places. And that does change things for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we definitely really have an advantage here oh yeah and a, and a privilege here yeah to to have access to the machines that we do i mean i would um, venture to say that like when when we look at these um blur these blips and beats when you're doing state champions um series i mean washington is is very much seattle champions not washington state champions that's true yeah um i would guess that pennsylvania is pittsburgh and some philadelphia or something but there's definitely like concentrations within that state yeah where like you know not texas or something that'd probably be austin but where's where's texas at on this thing i I know they have 
it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's there. And there are some large uh, blobs there. Well, I'm just you thinking see. about like, the size of the state. It wouldn't be boiled down to one city within no, the state. No, you're right. It's, yeah, absolutely. Like, it would be Austin and maybe Houston. And... Well, I and think that's true. Dallas has, like, a big expo, I think, yeah. that comes up. I think um, that's true everywhere in the world, though. I mean, like, pinball is in sure. metropolitan I, areas, you know, yeah. like like major cities, basically. Yeah. Uh, or there's sort of behind-the-scenes stuff that we probably don't even see on this because it's not part of the IPA where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, collectors have machines and they're playing each other's machines mm-hmm. and who knows, Oh, that's right? happening all the time. Um, but anyway, it, it's just something that I thought would be interesting to look at. Absolutely. Uh, oh, it's really cool. And I, I hate to do this because there's so much more... To but talk about. can we switch to the game real quick? Or yeah, we can absolutely time. switch okay. to the game. But I do want I, I want to say this because I think there's just so much to explore and unpack when we start sifting through this sort of data. We're 72 minutes into this already. And you I feel what? like like we need to like there are things that we can address in another episode. Like I Here's think, Michael, we're going to have you back and, and yeah, talk more about this because okay, cool. there's just so much to talk. There's about. There's a lot of other pinball podcasts that get, get listened to a shit ton a lot more than we do that consistently go over three hours no that's a good point yeah. but you know their inefficiency is not <laughs> oh no i'm just saying that they're more popular can oh, I, yeah and they have length can i put in a quick request please yeah. so one of the things that i personally look for is good questions so uh, one thing that i would appreciate if, mm-hmm. if we do continue and, oh, yeah. and do this at a later time it's just if if folks want to write in yeah, and ask questions too. i can't necessarily guarantee we'll be able to answer them but I'd like, like to think about that? it and see if I can. Absolutely. And our, our first stats episode that we did, which was really on a lark, like, what was it? Two months ago, yeah. I just started, like, kind of clicking through IFPA data yeah. and had some fun with it and shared what I found with Kayla. Mm-hmm. And people responded, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we got a lot of questions. And, and Michael, you've, you've got all this awesome data for us and 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 ken built us that beautiful uh yeah. map and uh, that we're going to share with you guys I, i'm sure we'll get some questions mm-hmm. so uh we'll get that early plug in we usually do yeah. it frequently but uh and we already did it once tonight but <laughs> number two write into us at skillshoppincast at gmail.com questions for michael questions for us uh we will dive deeper into this data um maybe in two weeks maybe in four weeks but yeah. uh it you know Ask these questions, and we'll share some some uh, tasty stuff with you on Facebook and whatnot as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay. Anyway. Would you like to explain the concept of your game? Yeah. So it's not much of a game, but it's really just to see if... Well, okay. All the stuff we've been looking at so mm-hmm. far with the IFPA was country-based, state-based. Really high-level, big-picture stuff Yeah, uh, focused on just activity in the pinball world right Mm -hmm. this is very focused on individuals right this is like looking at an individual's play pattern over time yeah yeah their career that's a good way to put it i guess uh because it's it's their rank how their rank changed over time because one of the neat things about i'm sorry (laughs) is it like where they're located too do you track their movements i could Mm -hmm. that's something i've thought about um and I've got some ideas about that, but I haven't There's actually so put that together yet. On the rabbit hole, so, like yeah. Yeah. exciting and like Maybe the dizzying. Maybe security of pinball. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so it's actually surprising uh, unless you unless you dig into it and think about it, it. There's a lot of information saved in in just in the IPA website, mm-hmm. right? So like uh, when you play in a tournament. The date of the tournament is there. The location of the tournament is there. Uh, your name and your rank at the time you played in it 
is also there. And so using that, you could track movement mm -hmm. across like which tournaments you played in and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I also used that to, to map out uh, how your rank changed over time mm -hmm. because you can't just ask it for what was a person's rank on such and such a date. Oh, sure. You can't like backdate something. Not really. No, mm -hmm. but you can see what it was at the event they played at. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the more they play, the more information you have. But what I want you guys to try to do is guess who these people are. Okay. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> just I'm by looking. At, and if you need help uh, interpreting it, that, that's totally cool. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We've got flip, flip, ding, ding, periodic tournament. So this is the the rank of the player is on the vertical and time is on the horizontal again, like past is to the left and, gotcha. and closer to the present to the right. Um, the colors are kind of a mess. I left them in because it makes it look pretty more than because it means anything. <laughs> Just but, like that. You know who that is. <laughs> who, who is it's it? It's Chris Chen. No. No, it's not? Wow. No. Oh, well, then... I want to take a look. Now that Kayla's wrong. <laughs> the colors are uh, how many players were in those tournaments. Oh, interesting. So it's an interval of That's interesting. A, a range, right? It's a range of, of numbers for the players. And the size of the dot, uh, what's the size of the dot? Wait, actually, I, I may be screwed. Oh, I lied. The colors are how many points it was that worth. person earned oh and by then the playing size is how many the people size is how many players. okay yeah okay. that gotcha. makes more sense too. So, <laughs> why are these two little guys at the bottom of this uh graph so there's a few cases that's a good question and i actually didn't even notice that was there. Oh. those are <laughs> those are essentially bugs in the data because okay. like sometimes uh in in a tournament it'll zero out and so those are basically like ignore that okay so now, there's something else you'll see uh, on somebody else that that actually has a reason to be there but sure. those are before focused. you make your guess i'd love to take a okay, look at sure. this yeah definitely. i haven't seen this chart yet there's nothing okay. uh i think i didn't get a good ch uh look at the oh sorry um the actual numbers of rank on the side like i assume that and that's the, the important thing yeah. actually <laughs> like i i kind of glossed over the the um legend and like decided that the, the dots were a lot further down okay. the chart so, so the names the names are just uh the ones that the the software that i used to plot this had uh -huh. space to put in uh so there's nothing nothing magical about the names i mean you know they match up with that oh, particular I tournament but it's because there's more empty space around the earlier ones that you can actually see what they are okay so but it's okay. also kind of a hint of too so uh, so we see yeah, yeah this is all tournaments played by that person Got since you. the beginning that so, are, I so when i look so when we look at this one that i've got in my hand that kayla just looked at and we see one two three four five early ones between uh 2015 yeah just basically early 2015 through like summer 2015 they all say flip flip ding ding weekly so whether or not this player was playing elsewhere they clearly were playing frequently the flip flip ding ding weeklies in the, weekly, in yeah. the beginning um and all their data goes back only at least from what we're seeing uh to early 2015 but they quickly rise up through the ranks uh we're looking at a it's also worth noting that rising up through the ranks is actually falling, falling down, down lower on the, on the graph, graph because you're, right. you're trying to approach zero. Or exactly. One, you have you know, to so. you have to invert the way you're looking at this for <laughs> that's sure. That's my problem with the phrase low man on the totem pole. That's actually the most important part of the totem pole, which yeah. is why it's car first. <laughs> well, this person from early from January 2016 onward is underneath the 2000th ranking and flirting with and pushing toward almost 1000th ranking uh at 
uh, basically present day mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah, because I'll like, give this back to you, year. Kayla, if you'd like. You probably okay. have a better sense of who this might actually be since you're actually going out and playing these tournaments more than I am. I'm, I'm, there's so many people to guess from, but sure. my oh, yeah. guess is Alexa. That's, yeah. that's a pretty reasonable guess. <laughs> but it is a reasonable guess. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mean, know when I, she started playing. but I was I was going to say Blake just because I know he's at Flip Flip Ding Ding a lot that's because true. he works there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's been playing that many years. But I don't know I if he's like... actually ranked that highly. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah. He's in the top is he? for sure. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I think then... his bubbles would be a little bit lower than this, but it's a, it's a fair trajectory. Okay, cool. So do you want to know who it is? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. It's It's actually me. Oh. It's you. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I thought he was going to do something like that, like hand me my stats. Real quick. <laughs> well, we got some more to guess. Yeah. So. That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well done, Michael. That's a rapid, uh, well, nice rapid decline slash incline. You know, we probably should have known this since I know, said that we right? started around that time. Yeah. But it didn't and say add a ball here. That's what threw us. Well, that's true, but that wasn't IFPA ranked. That, oh, that oh, uh, first annual tournament I wasn't see. because it had video games and stuff, and they were just doing it for fun or whatever. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. No, it was, it was, what was that? Was it a weekly or was it the New Year's? I remember a uh, New Year's early on. Yeah, but, it, um, yeah. you know, that, that jives with where you were saying your ranking is currently uh, based yeah. on our dinner conversation. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. And there I, was I no tournament at 8-Bit at that time. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. that's relatively recent. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's very much a um improving traje- trajectory like you haven't slipped and gone back up into the higher numbers not so much i mean yeah, there's a few little bumps up yeah. but sure. we'll we'll see a little bit more of that with with other folks too but, <laughs> um oh my this one is a very different pattern it's well, and definitely yeah. look at the numbers yeah. on the left cuz one thing i'll point out is these aren't all to the same scale I mean, they're sure, they're scaled point. to fit the page, so the ranks on the on the left matter a lot. Yeah, uh, and the time could be scaled differently too, depending on what. What are you saying, Kayla? Walk us through this. Okay, so um, in twenty fifteen, it's like starts out at the eighteen thousand ranking, and then it jumps to fifteen, then fourteen, then twelve, then eleven, then ten. They're all still like very much way way back there, um, and then. In later 2015, it jumps to 7,000. Hmm. And then in April, it jumps below the 1,000 mark. Wow. Okay. So somebody had a, like a big win then. Well, oh, okay. No, I see. A lot I more see. Tournaments. Yeah. It's not just one big win, it's consistent. It's like several big wins. No, that's yeah. okay. Okay. Wow. It's oh, like, this is somebody making a mark. Yeah. It's like tr- trickle, 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 and then drop. I, I love I love the descriptions. Yeah. I love how you're interpreting this because it's you're interpreting it correctly. I mean, yeah. you're you're definitely pointing out the things that are there to see. You're, and it's interesting you're because the guy, I'm a writer. Because uh, you know, when we when we start off here, like when they're when the uh, plot points are more staggered, uh, we're going to see these names, and so yeah. it's very clearly we can see flip off hunger. Flip, 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 mm-hmm. flip, Adabal, 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 flip, flip, Olaf's flip, flip. And then we just get rolling after just a little <laughs> before April 2015. And by the top of 2016, holy moly. I mean, they are highly ranked. Yeah, they're, that's like in the this top is, 500. This right is there. legit. Oh, at, at least. Well, the numbers are on the on the left it's there. True. Yeah, it's, true. it's a little hard to see because it's spread out, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so who do you think? My guess would be like either Kevin or Raymond, since they weren't able to play twenty-one and up tournaments for a while. 
That's but interesting, but they're ranked so low just a year and a half ago. It's, or I mean, it's two true. years ago. That seems unrealistic because but they would have gotten points elsewhere still to be up there in the seventeen thousand yeah. range. That's I think true. it's. I think it's got to be somewhere it be somebody newer to the scene. Yeah, it's Christian. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's what I, yeah. my instinct was at first. Was just like, okay, whoa, boom, yeah. But um, yeah, well, I definitely thought about like. Who had access to access to these tournaments too? We're also at the very end of this going to see all of these together on one page. Oh, cool! And oh, that cool. is scaled, so yeah. you can see how they stack up both in time and how quickly they moved. Uh, what Chris has done in the last couple of years is just insane. It's yeah, ridiculous. it's it's remarkable. Look at it on the page. I mean, anybody that glances at that chart and those numbers, it's undeniable. I mean, they should make a documentary about him too. <laughs> Now this, well, I'm oh, not going to say anything. I'll let you point out the stuff. Yes, this is obviously a, a woman. Because <laughs> um, there's two different uh, little little dotted line flows. One is for co-ed tournaments and one's for boobs in Pinland. Um, this is Alexa. Wow, just like that, huh? <laughs> I'm going to let Graham look first before I say <laughs> Or possibly Hannah. But I'm guessing Alexa. Do you have anything oh. to add? <laughs> I don't have much to add. I would I would say it's Hannah just to to guess the thing that the opposite of what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, but also I can see the pattern that would make it Hannah. I just yeah. I mean, I just know um, who because there's so many entries into Babes in Pinland, and I know who's been consistently showing. Well, up to you, those. you're also assuming that all of these are Babes in Pinland. These it says entries that here. Right there. No, no. This this <laughs> plot no. The point label says is that, just for an individual for the, dot. However, I think it's not unfair to assume a lot of them that, are going to be Babes yeah. in Pinland. Exactly. But I mean, there's other women's well, only sure. events. Yeah. So absolutely. You know, but true. I think Hannah's a good bet. I, I I think that you're right that this is probably a woman's uh, uh, ranking that Card. we're looking at here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I fooled you because that's you. Oh, <laughs> damn. I'm really surprised because, like, the, the early, the first tournament. Oh, the first tournament where you, you played, I would have thought that would have been a giveaway, but oh, I don't man. know. Excuse me, Mike. <laughs> that's okay. No, you um, you made such a, a good color choice that I didn't even see that. Oh, like, the I color was, was random. I didn't oh, choose okay. it. The, the <laughs> software did. <laughs> I just saw like the. I thought that was the name of the chart up there. That's the no, only text no, no. that's there. I didn't even see the dot. Wow. Well, I did pretty good. That's you, Kayla. And, that's you. And that was uh, spot no, on my... about the two different lines because um, you know there's the two different rankings. Mm -hmm. So I could have filtered it out, but I figured it was more interesting to leave it in, uh, just as you know how it would look since you've got two yeah. separate things going on. Um, well, this is definitely how I feel about my um, consist or my. My career, I guess, is that there's <laughs> this different plateaus. Like, there's these little jump points that um, almost like a little rock climbing, and then gaps. Like, first one was yeah. I, I should have looked more closely at the dates here because my first uh, ranked IOPA thing was in 2013, early 2013. That's yeah, pinball league. Because I was playing tournaments for a while that were unranked. This is really interesting. So I've got three more people. Okay. And then the final look at all of them at once. One of them's grand. No. <laughs> it would be painfully obvious if it were me. Be like middling oh, okay. middling plot points four or five years ago and then just misery <laughs> after that. Done. Now this one I, I suspect you both might get, but 
It depends on where you're looking and what you're looking at, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is similar to the trickle, trickle, drop, um, but it's like trick, drop. <laughs> Keith Elman? Mm, that's a fair guess. I have a different one. Um, it, it's a fair guess, but there's another hint on there that yeah. you haven't seen. Oh. <laughs> Not just the shape of it. Oh. <laughs> the it's, labels. Oh, yeah, yeah. The VRPA. Mm-hmm. Is this Robert? Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's, it's Robert yeah, yeah. Gagna. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Um, we're we're looking at a Canadian pinball. T- oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Canadian pinball championships. Uh, early that would be two thousand eight. Then VRPA right California before two thousand nine. California Extreme, and then boom, right there in the top uh, hundred. Just top fifty, all probably. the way over. Definitely yeah. Robert. I can see it. Yeah, that was cool. But it was also back in time because this was two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand nine. Um, so he's got several years on Chris. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like, well, we'll Which, we'll see it in the final like uh, 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 comparison of all of them. Just like how quickly people moved. Sure. Um, so, so cool. So here's okay. oh the boy, wow, this is a way more ultimate one, I guess. Okay, this is like an EKG chart. <laughs> um, but it's a graph. It's not a chart. Uh, no, I mean it's it's, uh, it's both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a graph is a chart, yeah. right? <laughs> it's just a that ch- matrix chart thing wasn't a, a chart. Yeah. That was just like a grid. <laughs> yeah. So this is going um, starting in two thousand eight for a North Northwest Pinball Championships Sunday Night Pinball. Right. So quite a long time. Yeah. I have a little bit to add about the bumpiness, but I'll wait until you until uh-huh. you've mm-hmm. guessed. Because it it reveals something about the IFPA ranking system that over time. Is that a fault? No, no, <laughs> not that it's a fault, but just yeah, what happens? Well, I'll, I'll oh, save interesting. it. Interesting. <laughs> this is really interesting. I'm sorry, Graham. I'm hogging. It's it. okay. Describe um, how it's interesting okay. though. If you're gonna hold it, make it good yeah, for yeah, the yeah. listener. So yeah, it starts out at the two and two point eight mark. Uh, two, Almost 2,800, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it jumps down to 1.6, and then 1.2, then kind of flirts around 1,800, and then it just kind of jig like it zigzags all over the place. Like it drops down as, as low as in the top 300, and then it goes back two years later to the top like 700. I've got, but I've got some theories the, just by your description. Look at the uh, horizontal distance too. I mean, there's, there's gaps, right? I mean, there's yeah. gaps between where they're not playing when they play it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I ha- mm. And then the, um, the scale though, actually, since you've got some of these other sheets from before, yeah. I mean, did you see the scale on the left side? Like, the rank, the starting rank. Check the starting rank on that compared to two point eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not much. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody no. else was, you know, eighteen. So they've been whatever. around for a long time. Exactly. I mean, that's that's what starting in like two thousand nine or two thousand eight or, or whatever yeah. was on there gets you. I mean, whenever you start playing, you're you're going to be you know starting at Shot the at, at the worst level or whatever, and then yeah. you've got to work your way up. And so there's fewer people to work past <laughs> if you started early. Yeah, like when I was in D.C. last year, I met a guy whose IFPA rank or um, player ID is six. Like he's the sixth IFPA player. Um, my, I'm... my initial gut guess is Jeff Gagnon. 
Interesting. That's interesting. I, I was going to say really infrequent with the, the tournaments that he plays. I was going to say Jason, but I don't think that's right either. So um, this this really wasn't a fair question because it's not somebody that you would probably guess anyway. But it was somebody that I knew about, and I thought their graph was interesting, so I wanted to throw it in. What's that? Uh, Gordon, it, but... It's somebody. Well, okay. Here's here's the the uh, better hint. It's somebody on the specials right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Corbett. No, that's no. too early for. Yeah. Oh, it's on the specials right now. Yeah, on the specials right now. It has been for a few seasons. Okay. Shoot, I can't. I can't reveal it. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, because he hasn't actually played in that many ranked He's tournaments. The championships, Northwest Pinball uh, Championships, has, yeah. though. Yeah, no, go tell me. It's a uh, Steve Ackley. Oh, okay. Because oh. he apparently got an early start. Yeah. You know, long before anyway. <laughs> Yeah. And then had gaps where he his rank degraded, right? Because he hadn't played in a while. And then when he came back, it would drop more. And so that's why there's all these yeah, bumps. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's like, you know, taking a break, taking a break, play a few and kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> taking a break, taking a break, play a few and kick ass. You know, so he's kind of got that thing going on where a lot of folks kind of get into it and stick with it more consistently. I mean, I, I'm not criticizing how Steve plays either, but sure. but there were definitely gaps in the past where you can see how it affected his rank, which I thought was sure. interesting because that's part of the way the system works is if you don't play, you're still going to lose, right? Because other people are playing each other yeah, and, yeah. and climbing over you. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it still has the advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it, of when you started kind of locks you into mm-hmm. a, a, a sort of range. Oh, so the last person, again, look at the look at the rank numbers yeah. on this yeah. to start with. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so the very the top of this chart, the number is 120. 120. Wow. And that's in 1994. Oh. <laughs> what? But they in 1994 they were ranked at 75. I know who this is. You know who that is, just straight up. I kind of figured you might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good extreme wh- case, yeah. you know. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'll be shocked, but I'll also blame it for not looking at. The- um, is this really is this a sharp of some sort or I don't know I have no idea I don't think so but that's not a Who is bad it? guess I think it's Dave Stewart no okay I mean no offense to Dave <laughs> well he's so early on it it who, is true I mean who, yeah. who is this we're looking at Michael it's a uh, Keith Owen oh oh okay oh, okay. Yeah. okay okay All but right. the the interesting thing to see is that he's never fallen below 120 what he started at. Wow, yeah. Because he did There's better, like, but he only ever had to play the people that somehow managed yeah. to crawl their way up to that rank, right? So he has to play every once in a while to keep going, yeah, right? But for the most part, once you're the king, you can kind of bang out a little bit. Interesting. That is fascinating. So... Is it the chicken the egg scenario here? Because, like, I mean, he's obviously a very skilled pinball player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has the skills. Uh, but it... Like, okay, so so there's different things you can kind of pull out of this, I think. I mean, I'm not saying that yeah, he, yeah. he's not a skilled player. Absolutely. But you can see things like Chris's movement so quickly. Yeah. And you can see the advantage of, like, when you started. You still have to be a good player because you're going to be play, <laughs> playing other people that are good. And if you can't, you know, hold up your end of it, you're going to lose rank. Um, but here's the here's the overview of, of everything. And and this is all to the same scale, mm-hmm. right? So you can Holy totally cow. see what Chris does is just... It, Chris's shape is like an L, 
I mean, after the first few games he played, all of the first few games he played just brought his his rank, you know, way down. Well, or way up, depending on But yeah, uh, and then he kind of plateaus, and he and he's got this tapering line. I mean, it's hard to see the angles on this mm-hmm. because they're all together. But you know, mine, mine Even actually more compares be. more to like. Uh, <laughs> A normal or an average person or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's more of a curve, right? Because like I had to consistently play, but there's also lots of bumpy stuff going on yeah. too, right? Because little yeah. bumps, but, uh, you know, and, and yours is the same way. Uh-huh. You got an earlier start than me, but you've still got that same basic shape. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a curve like that. Everybody has a big drop at the start though, because yeah. you do sort of converge towards your, I guess, your proper rank fairly quickly if you play in tournament, especially here, because mm-hmm. you're playing against good people you know, there's lots of opportunities to play, that sort of thing. Uh, well, but you, you look at Gagno and you look at... <laughs> then I see Keith and he is well, a straight line. Basically. Well, that's because he started so, so low, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had a little bit of a drop, but he just maintained. And Steve, Steve Ackley yeah. also, I mean, not to that degree, but he... He did drop down, he, yeah. He, you know, started mm. at a good place and did well enough that he could, like, kind of hold on to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's... I, one thing I want to look and see if I can do at some point is find these sort of plateaus because I know that there's there's uh, ways you could group the players in IFPA tournaments where you could actually see because obviously the people that only play one or two tournaments, mm-hmm. they're not, not data. well, it's not just that. I mean, they're sort of providing points for all the other people who play regularly, right? Because it's another player that they're playing against, makes the tournament worth more, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so, like, below a certain rank, those folks aren't actually even actively, you know, fighting to move up or whatever. And at the very top, they're fighting to stay there. But there's probably different groupings in the middle where there's lots of movement. Hmm. And I think the more active a, an area like Seattle, the more you're going to have shifting around going on in those middle areas. I just haven't really visualized that yet and, and come up with a good way to, to see it. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, I really I want us to share all this information because it's fascinating to look at. Yeah, we'll definitely share some some of this information uh, with Michael's blessing oh, on yeah. uh, our our Facebook page and maybe on the Skillshot website. Um, Sorry for writing long. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, we're we're almost at a hundred minutes here, guys. This Uh-oh. might be our longest episode ever. Um, anyway, so. Thank you, Michael, for coming and sharing this data. I think mm-hmm. that we absolutely can and should uh, do another episode where we elaborate yeah. upon some of the stuff that we didn't even get to yet. And the and questions you guys are going to write to yes, us right Yes, yes. Please uh, send us questions at skillshotpincast at gmail.com. Make uh, Michael a little puzzle box. Yes. Uh, and also we'll share uh, Ken's uh, API, his, his uh, visualization there. Um, and uh, gosh, there's just going to be so much to share this time around. Yeah. Y'all are going to be excited. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to hear from you. So write in to us again at skillshotpincast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Skillshot Pincast. Follow Skillshot, uh, Skillshot, skill-shot.com on the web. Follow us on Twitter at Skillshot. Give money to us at Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe and rate and review. Share this with your friends. And what else? Uh, I got into Pinberg. A week and a half. Ago. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the wait list like 80 deep. Now I'm I'm going and I just booked my flights. So I will see you jerks there. 
Cool. Um, <laughs> Non-pinball related, uh, but my band, which has not been doing much for a while, uh, Bright Lines, we will be playing uh, the Upstream Music Festival in Ooh. May in Pioneer Square. So that's going to mm-hmm. be really exciting, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So come out and see us. Excellent. Yeah. Like you got anything to play? Oh, no, this was great. Thanks for having yeah, me. And excellent. I look forward to the questions that are coming in, too. Indeed, yeah. as do we. All right. I hope th- you're typing them out as we speak. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.